Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash gourmetgoesketo. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast, and if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you with me once again as we are going to talk to yet another guy with an awesome story and an adventure that he is on that we're going to get to dive into his name is Max. Max, how are you doing? Dude, I'm good. Thanks for having me, Gourmet. I'm glad to have I'm glad to have you here today, man. Let's not keep people from it. Let's dive right to that first question. Tell us, Max, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Wow. Um, well, I am currently on a weight loss journey. I have I have lost 120 pounds on the keto diet. Um, and I am also almost coming up on my one year sobriety from alcohol. So I think that in itself has been a qualification. Definitely. And take us, man. So where, take us back to, you know, growing up and like, where did your weight problem come from? Like, take us into your history. So I've always been the big kid in every stage of my life. I was always that either the heaviest or the tallest, which, you know, I'm now I'm like 5'10", but back in elementary school, I was like one of the tallest. But um, yeah, I've always been the big kid. Um I, you know, God, I remember as early as age five, I've always struggled with my eating and, you know, sneaking, it started with, you know, sneaking food early in the morning. Then it just got, you know, work as the weight started to add on, it just started to get worse and worse. Um, I even went to fat camp at the age of nine, uh, shouts out camp Pocono trails. Um, you know, I went there that didn't work. Um, then, you know, I have ADHD and so you know, the biggest problem for me in school was, you know, I wasn't getting the right services to help me, you know, succeed. So I went to uh, boarding schools to kind of help me get my stuff intact. Um, and, you know, I, I was bullied my whole, I've been bullied my whole entire life, even, uh, you know, from young age, I was always like, you know, the, the, the fat kid, that's, you know, the target on my back. Um, even up until the age of, you know, 20, 21, you know, I was 400 pounds in college like severe alcoholic, I was an easy target. Um, so yeah, um, you know, and I, a lot of that comes with a lot of trauma, uh, which I'm, which I'm in the process of kind of, you know, going through. And, you know, one thing I think that not a lot of people realize that during your weight loss process is that you, your mentality changes and you start to unravel things about yourself and learn more about yourself because, you know, when you're like, when you're 400 pounds, you're not happy. You don't know yourself as much as you think you do. You don't know yourself. Um, you know, so now it's a lot now, right now I'm currently working on just trying to, you know, process trauma and how that relates back to, you know, everything I've been through my weight and whatever. So I'm kind of also on that mental journey as well. Which I think makes a lot of sense. That's something I've talked about on the show before that, especially, you know, when you've been significantly overweight, you're, you're using food in a lot of ways in your life. And one of the big things, especially when you grow up, and this is something I don't think enough people really kind of talk about is like when you grow up overweight and grow up 
you know, as the heaviest kid and you're using food that way, it's almost like you start to learn that food is the way you deal with all emotional situations, the way you deal with all trauma. So you don't necessarily learn those skills. So then when you're losing weight and you take away that thing that has been providing you relief and comfort and safety for many, many years, now you all of a sudden have these emotions to deal with that can come on strong and can be challenging because you haven't developed the, the mechanisms to process them properly. So I think that's a common experience that a lot of people go through. And yeah, it's a challenge. Definitely. And you know what? I, I, I've also been, I, you know, I have diagnosed the gene disorder. I take Medicaid, I take Vyvanse for it um, because it's, you know, that bad. Even on, even, you know, on days I'm waiting for a prescription, whatever, in between, you know, I still struggle. I, it's something I still struggle with to this day. And there's no amount of therapy, you know, amount of, no matter what you can lose out, you know, at the end, you know, that, that, you know, can help that sometimes. And it sucks to say that, but, you know, I think also the part of losing weight, I think is, is kind of realizing, okay, these are what my triggers are, you know, how can I work around them? And, you know, that's something I also been working on, you know, and going to therapy and that helps a lot too. And as you were growing up and dealing with the bullying and all of those things, man, were you attempting to lose weight? You know, obviously with the, the fat camp experience is something that was, you know, not even necessarily in your control as a kid, but do you remember the point where you were conscious of this is something I, I need to work on and what that was like for you? Always, always. I was the self-conscious kid. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, you know, I, oh man, high school is rough for me because I, you know, I was like at least 230 pounds. I'm actually the weight I am now. I haven't weighed 235 pounds since 2011, which is just crazy to think. But uh, for me in high school, that was particularly rough because I, you know, I wanted to, you know, wear Supreme. I wanted to wear all the thrasher, all the skating clothes, but, you know, I would go into a store and I get upset because I wasn't able to fit into it. And it was just, it, so, you know, I've always been very self-conscious about my weight. I did weight loss programs in high school. You know, I've, you know, tried every little thing you can do and just nothing has worked. Um, you know, either I just, you know yo-yo back into you know regular binge eating and crap then yeah it just yeah there's always been attempts to understood and now you your heaviest weight you know you hit 400 pounds at that point had you already you know in terms of like i'm because i'm trying to create an image for people but also understanding this journey you've been on you know knowing your your diagnosis of binge eating disorder was that something that had happened earlier or was that something that came along the way as you started into kind of this leg of your journey? Definitely something that came into this leg of the journey. Um, you know, it really wasn't until I start, you know, started going back into therapy extensively. My therapist and I were like, this is where a lot of the issues come from. It's that, you know, it's binge eating disorder. I got diagnosed with it in 2020, like fall of 2020, actually, right before I started keto diet. Um, my therapist diagnosed me with it. So and that, and that, no, and, and then at that point it was kind of like, this is why, this is why this is happening. You know, I felt like I had no control over myself. And what, what kind of brought everything to a head for you? Like what, cause you talked about getting kind of reconnecting with your, you know, getting deeper into your therapy and making all of these changes and, and, you know, coming up on a, a one-year anniversary of sobriety, what 
brought you to this place of making these changes and starting to dive deeper into it? Like what led up to that point? So I, you know, I went, I just graduated from college. Uh, I haven't gotten my ceremony yet. The ceremony is actually in like two weeks. Uh, I'm going to be walking because COVID and everything has kind of pushed everything back. But, um, you know, I partied a lot in college. I didn't take myself seriously. You know, I, yeah, I got like good grades, but at the end of the day, I wasn't making connections. I wasn't make, putting myself out there. I wasn't working. I was partying. I was drinking. I was eating crap from the gas station. You know, like I, it, it wasn't a good part of my life. And now I'm here. I am graduated from college, $35,000 in debt. And now don't know what I want to do with my life because again, I was a different person back then. The, you know, the thing I went to school for, I, I'm not really passionate about it anymore. And, you know, I realized I'm not going to make a lot of money from it and I'm not, and I'm not going to be happy, you know? And so, yeah, you know, a lot of that came from like that realization is like, fuck man, I got to grow up. I can't be, do, can't, I can't live like this anymore um, at all. Um, but also they also announced the big power Rangers convention in California. So I, that kind of like sparked the thing saying like, oh shit, if I'm, I want to cosplay, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And I, that's also kind of one of my biggest motivators to losing weight is being able to fit the cosplay costume. Mm. And so what did things look like for you when you got, when you decided you needed to actually start doing some work and start making changes? Like, did you, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that have gone through that experience of not only having challenges with food, but having challenges with alcohol. Was it something that you were kind of confronting both head on at the same time, or did you identify one issue first and lead into the other? Like what, take, what was that like? Yeah, man. So, um, I actually stopped drinking before I started keto and before I kind of start, started the journey. Um, I, my last beer I ever had was on October 31st, 2020. It was on my friend's driveway, uh, handing out candy for computers. It was a PBR tall boy. I can tell you exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, I kind of saw, I just, you know, was just sitting on the driveway and I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Drinking is just like not fun. I don't miss it. It's it just not enjoyable. So I just kind of gave up and I was like, you know what? Cool. I'm, I'm going to stop drinking. And here we are. Right. And so you made that change and then you said it was after that, that you decided, you know, you started working on food and your relationship with food and, and going keto, like what brought, what brought in and what brought you to keto? So, um, my mother actually, uh, my biggest supporter and like, probably, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for her. Uh, but she started keto also, um, weight food, you know, big thing in our family is, you know, our family is, ha has, you know, history of heart disease and, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, in the past, we were overweight um, and not really conscious of what we were eating. Um, so that's also, that kind of stems from that, you know, lifelong struggle with weight is that our, you know, it's always kind of been an issue. Um, but, you know, my mom actually suggested it to me. Um, she sent me, you know, at the time I was like, no way, no way, no way. I want to give up bagels. No way. I want to give up bread, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she described it to me. Then she sent me actually uh Bobby Powers from Flave City and Tommy DeLauer, a bunch of their videos to kind of get me interested in it. And it got me hooked. Um, 
just the concept to me of, you know, eating clean, um, you know, and eating, I mean, like, and nothing, nothing out of my diet really changed except the subtraction of like bad carbs, you know? And, you know, I always ate cheeseburgers. I was always, you know, the bacon cheeseburger or, you know, steak, you know, I love that stuff. And so to, after watching a bunch of videos and I was like, you know what, I could totally do this. I could totally do this. So that's how I got started on keto actually. And what was it like when you started? Like, what was it like to stop eating those foods and, and start working on changing that relationship? Oh, man. The first day was rough. Um, I struggled a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I, I was, you know, teeter-tottering on, on going, going back to my regular diet, you know, eating crap. And then, you know what my mom said to me? She was like, you can do this. Like, I absolutely believe in you. And that kind of was like, you know what? The timing is right. You know, I, yeah. So that kind of, that was just kind of the um, spark per se. Sure. And what do you think? Cause I, this is something I was actually talking about on Instagram this week is, you know, some of the hurdles and things, challenges that people run into when they, they start a ketogenic diet, like, and lately on the podcast, I've had a lot of people that have had sleeve surgery. I've had a lot of people that have done different methods. It's been a while since I've had a keto person on, which is always fun for me, of course. Yeah. So what what do you think were the most challenging things for you when you first started keto? Like, what are the things that stand out? Um, definitely keep the consistency of keeping the diet. You know, I think that's just any, with any commitment you make. I think, you know, keep, you know, commitments are something you really need to put time into. Um, but for me, it was a lot of the, you know, accountability, tracking my macros, measuring my food out, um, getting myself out for a walk, you know, those are kind of, you know, the more the motivating factors and kind of, you know, consistency and accountability were kind of my biggest struggles at first. Mm -hmm. And where, so when, when did you start keto? Like when did, when is your start for this, for, for this part, this part of your journey? December 1st, okay. 2020. And so where into your journey did, did the diagnosis, you know, the binge eating disorder with the therapist, like where did that come into play? Um, so that, um, you know, I started taking Vyvanse because I also have, again, horrible ADHD. Um, so that, you know, and my therapist was, you know, talking to my shrink about it and they were just like, you know what, the, the Vyvanse actually might help with the weight loss. Um, and yeah, it's definitely been a big, it's definitely been a big help. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's been like the best thing in the world, but it's helped me. It's definitely been an aid. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, if that's the answer to your question. Well, I was just, I'm, I was more curious, like, were you full into losing weight and then that kind of discussion with the, the therapist and your psychiatrist happened like, cause I think there's an intersection there. Like a lot of times people, when they're on a weight loss journey, you know, self-diagnosed with these issues, but knowing that like you actually is something that you've worked with a professional on. Like, I, I think it's interesting for people to hear like how that intersects with the thought, you know, the idea of working on an eating disorder and working on weight loss at the same time, I think is something that is intimidating to people. You know, that idea. And I've, and I've heard a lot of, you know, even seen some influencers, you know, talk about or and these are more kind of people in the eating disorder community saying, 
you know, don't try to do both at once. Like this is something, this is, these are two different challenges. Like what are your thoughts in terms of like how it all comes together for you? Um, because yeah. So I think a lot of my issues I have, my relationships, you know, come from, you know, we talked about the, how a lot of the binging disorder stuff comes from trauma. Um, you know, a lot of that, that comfort eating, um, that's, it's, so the binge disorder, the diagnosis actually came, came in before I started my journey, at least two years before, um, when I started to kind of go back to therapy and kind of, you know, at least do a, like every three weeks kind of thing until I felt like I was ready. Um, so that's kind of, you know, we started to delve in more into trauma at that point. And I, you know, back, my therapist was like, yeah. So in the back of my mind, up until December 1st, 2020, I've known the eating disorder is always there, but I've never, I didn't really know how I'm going to, you know, deal with that outside of therapy. So. And what is it, you know, I'm just, I'm curious, like if you could speak to what it's like knowing that you have those challenges and you are making these changes to what you're eating and kind of putting this new structure in place. And do you feel like in some ways it assists with, with that, that side for you or, do they work against each other? Like, I don't know if that question makes sense. Like, I'm just trying to, yeah. you know, like trying to if, think about like, is it, does working on your relationship with food through the ketogenic diet, is it supporting the work you're doing, you know, to help yourself on the, the binge eating side as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that actually being on keto and working, working on my eating disorder stuff at the same time has given me a lot more control in my life, which is something that, you know, I've always been missing i never felt like i had control of my life before mm-hmm. um but now i feel like you know what i'm in control of my eating i'm working on you know the, the psychological part of it but as far as like just eating and consuming i have control like you know i'm holding myself accountable and not like in like punishment ways but i'm like you know what if you slip there's always you know next meal you get yourself back on it and you know so definitely the account of working on the eating disorder while, while being on keto has definitely been the biggest help for me. Um, it's tough. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely hard. You know, there are days where I just like, fuck man, like why, why am I even still doing this? But then there, you know, and, but at the end of the day, it's all worth it to me. This is like, you know, something I worked for, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I think that makes sense. And it's, and I think that's a natural part of it. Like, I think sometimes people think that a switch flips and everything is in line. And especially when they see people being successful and they assume that someone who's successful, you know, has followed this straight line path to every week the scale changes, you know, the food changes and it's all hunky dory. And the reality is it's a much it's a much wilder, you know, squiggly line that goes all over the place. And so it's a, it's a challenging journey to go through. Like what has, what have the, you know, you, so now you've got, you know, where you're, you're 10, 10 months, little 10 months over 10 months into kind of like being on keto. Yeah. And you're down a significant amount of weight. Like what has it been like for you the past 10 months? Like how has it been, how has it, has it been? Like, how would you just, I guess, how would you describe what the past 10 months have been like for you? So it's definitely been a wild ride. Um, you know, it's a lot of dealing with changes in myself and exterior changes. Um, find, I'm, I've been reconnecting with myself, trying to find myself. Um, you know, now I'm, you know, 
you know, at one point I was 400 pounds, you know, trying to talk to girls, you know, and just wasn't, and didn't really love myself at the time. Um, and now like getting back into dating too, has just been really interesting for me. Um, because now people are like, oh my God, Max lost a bunch of weight. He looks really good. We should hit him up. And it's just like, wow, so many people coming at me. I don't know what to do with myself. And it's just like, it, it, it you know, so I, and yeah. Well, I think that's a big part of it. You know, like when you have grown up as, as the overweight kid, you know, as the fat kid and even grown into being an overweight adult, like, and then you make changes, there's a lot of different things that start to come into play, you know, things that you weren't even aware of. Like what, what do you think are the most significant changes that have happened to your life to this point now? Um, so I've been sharing my, my, my weight loss journey all over social media, you know, Instagram and Facebook, I'll post on my Twitter for like close friends, whatever. Um, and definitely the, the biggest thing for me that happened to happen is that my self-confidence has grown. Um, you know, definitely in terms of physical health, physical, like appearance, I'm starting to feel a lot more confident. I'm wearing like four inch seam shorts and a cut off from one of my bigger t-shirts like i a year a year ago i'd never be able to do this ever you know i go i go to the gym wearing this kind of outfit you know and i don't feel judged so definitely my physical confidence has gone up um but you know my mental my mental confidence isn't there yet um you know i i I also struggle from a raging raging anxiety disorder which comes from post-traumatic stress disorder um so you know, there's a lot of, you know, self-doubt and, you know, I'm still working through a lot of my anxieties. Um, you know, I have to always remind myself, take it day by day. Nothing is stand stone yet. And, you know, you only, you have control over your future. I have to remind myself of that every, every, every morning. Mm-hmm. No, I think that makes sense, man. And yeah. what, because a big part of this you know, that we're talking, that we've been talking about is not just about, you've made some changes to what you're eating and that's caused results for you. You know, you're like, you were talking about, you know, you're also processing trauma and other challenges and dealing clearly with anxiety and all of those things. Like, what do you think have been the lessons you've been learning so far about handling those situations without turning to food? Like, what is your insight into that for yourself? I think that there are other outlets I have to remind myself there are other outlets to fuel like our pain, like to like funnel our pain into, um, and just pain and anxiety. And there's so many other outlets you can turn it. You can put that, all that stuff, put that stuff into positive outlets, mind you. Um, for me, that's been going to the gym. Um, I go to the gym now five times a week, something I've never thought I'd be able to do. Um, you know, lifting weights, I put, every ounce of anxiety I have from the day or the week or the year into, you know, that workout and I go, you know, and I give it my all. So that's kind of been my outlet for that kind of stuff. Which I think, I think makes sense. Like, cause it's not just that you can make things go away. I think sometimes, you know, you see that there's those memes that go around when someone said, you know, I think even yeah. right now there's, there's an ad campaign. That's like, when I talk to my friends about my anxiety, this is what they say. And the examples are, well, what have you tried not being anxious? Have you tried not feeling that way? And we know that feelings just don't disappear. You know, experiences Never. that we've been through don't just disappear. You know, it's like something you have to move through. So finding a, finding a new way to place that feeling somewhere that gives you a positive result is what you're trying to do. That's the that's the destructive habits that you're trying to change. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think that's something also like we don't talk about, especially with men. Um, I think there's, you know, the biggest problem I see right now, just from like, you know, doing reading and just kind of looking around is that there's this whole misconception is that men, men aren't allowed to share their feelings. Men have to be strong and not emotional. When in fact, that's why we have so many people who turn into alcoholics. That's why we have so many men who turn to binge eating is because they box up their feelings. They box up their emotions and they have no outlet for it except putting it into that, putting it into destructive habits. And I think that once I think that if we break, kind of break this, I think if we kind of break the stigma that men shouldn't talk about their feelings, when in fact we should be going to therapy, we should be talking about our feelings on the regular. That's when we're going to start seeing people take accountability for themselves and kind of be like, wow, I've been really self-destructive. And what is your message? Like you're, as if you're speaking to the, a person out there who is dealing with these same similar situations and doesn't feel that they have a place to share, you know, that doesn't feel like they should, you know, be opening up about what they're dealing with. Like, what is the message that you would want to give to people? You aren't alone. Um, there have been so many times in my life where I thought, you know, I'm the only one who's struggling with their weight. When in fact, I see more and more people every day struggle with their weight. And just the person who, whoever's listening to this and you're, if you're ever in the position I was a year and a half ago, just remember that you're not alone. Um, you know, there's millions and millions and millions of people who are going through the same thing you're going through. And, you know, just remember we're all in this together. And yeah, just you aren't alone. And if that's, I think that's some, I, yeah, I definitely remember like you're not alone in this. Which is a crucial lesson. Like, because I think there is that message, you know, that men should be, you know, an island unto themselves. And on some levels, like, I, I think that speaks in a positive way to the idea of, like, personal responsibility and those things, like the things you need to, the things you should take responsibility for. But I think the idea of, of reaching out and asking for help is a part of taking responsibility for yourself. You know, it's a part of saying, this is something I need assistance. You know, I cannot tackle this alone. It's the same way. Like if you're not a builder and you just you need a house, you're not going to just spend your time spinning your wheels trying to build a house alone. Like there's only so much that YouTube videos could teach you about building a house. And I'm sure now someone's someone's probably going to send me a link and say this guy built his own house. You know, he never did it before. Of course, there's outliers in every situation. But it's that idea of saying, you know, no, like the res the way I'm taking responsibility for these feelings and these situations I'm dealing with is by saying I need help dealing with this. You know, it's that being being willing, it's that being willing to be humble enough to say, I don't have all the answers, but I want to look for them is yeah. really powerful. And that's something I struggle with, too, is, you know, because of personal walls and stuff, um, I struggle to ask for help sometimes, um, you know, and that's something I continually struggle with. And that's something I continually try to fix. But that, you know, reaching out to someone is only the you know first step and you know there's nothing bad that can come out of it and i have to remind myself that every day that you know if you reach out to someone for help it's not a cry of desperation it's just because mm -hmm. you can't do it alone and you know nothing bad will come out of it for asking for help and, and what, it's okay to ask for yeah. help and what do you think for yourself have been the real benefit like 
because I think we can tell people to do it and we can tell people that they shouldn't be ashamed to do it and we can we can hammer that message home. But from your experience, like what do you think are the real benefits that you've gotten from being willing to do that, being willing to open yourself up? Um, you know, so yeah, I think definitely the one of the biggest benefits is that, you know, you meet new people, um, you know, throughout, you know, I've made a bunch of new friends, amazing friends um, throughout actually this whole weight loss journey um, because I've been really open about it with people and, you know, people have come to me and t- been telling me their struggles and their stories and it, you know, so I think that's definitely one of the benefits is kind of you meet people and you learn more about people and you also learn more about yourself too. I think that's a big thing that, you know, like I said earlier, when you're 400 pounds, 400, 500 pounds, and you know, you, you know, you don't really know who you are. You don't know what you like because you're just unhappy. You, you, you know, it sucks. It sucks not knowing who you are. It sucks not knowing what you want. You know, I struggled with that for years. And so take us, tell, tell us a little about that. Like, what are you learning about Max that you didn't know before? Um, that I have an amazing smile. Um, you know, I look at myself in the mirror every day. Um, and I tell myself, like, I'm proud of myself every day because I think that's something, an important thing to, you know, remember is that you can only get, you know, only so much external validation can make you happy, mm-hmm. but it's only, you know, once you give, once you're able to fully give yourself validation, I think that's when you can really start to begin feel to feel happiness and be happy. And what does happy look like for you? Like, what are the things that, that make you happy? Um, so I, I am like a huge music nerd. I actually went to a show. You actually, when you texted me last night, I was at a show in Orlando, a uh, bunch of my friends, bunch of my friends' bands were playing, um, you know, and it's really, it was really big because like, you know, we haven't had local shows. We haven't had music, live music. And, you know, it's now it's just starting to come back, but at the local level, you know, we're starting to see that, um, you know, I'm like a huge comic book nerd. So, and, you know, and I've been finding out that I love doing comic book art and I love do, I love art stuff. Um, I post it on Instagram, um, but yeah, I love art stuff and it's something that I'm considering going into for, you know, as a career. Yeah. Um, I love, you know, I can sit in my chair like for like four hours at a time and just crank out a drawing. Like, I love it. Um, you know, I found out that I really like going to the gym. I found that the gym is my happy place. Um, every day after work, I go straight to the gym. Or either if I'm working mornings, I go straight to the gym. But if I'm working afternoons, I go in the morning. But the gym is like my genuine happy place. For one hour, hour and a half a day, I, you know, release all my insecurities, all my anger, frustration into the into the workout, and it just makes me really happy. After you know, I can and I'm seeing results on myself. I'm fitting into nice clothing. Like I just went shopping for a graduation outfit today. I fit into a size 36 which I don't remember the last time I've ever been able to fit into a 36, which is like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, yeah. What, what has been the most surprising thing to you? God, man. <laughs> um, that the most surprising thing, honestly, is not just like something I'm to do with myself, but a lot of the people, 
once you start to make serious lifestyle changes and stop drinking and partying and whatever, um, people, you know, the people that you once thought your friends don't stick around. The but um, the people, the least likely people are likely to stick around and are are probably going to be your most biggest supporters, um, and you just never expect it. Um, it just that's something that I found very surprising as well. Um, because I've, you know, I've lost a bunch of friends, you know, who are now out of my life because I stopped drinking, I stopped partying and I stopped, you know, engaging in self-destructive habits. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely the biggest, biggest surprise to me. Which I think is a challenge a lot of people face when they go on these journeys and they make changes. And it, and it has like, you're, like you're speaking to, like, it has a lot to do with a lot of times, like those are people we've connected with through those habits and through those behaviors. And when you make a change to yourself on those on those levels, you've got people that either, well, they want to keep doing those things and they know, you know, there are people that remove themselves because they're like, okay, I know this isn't good for him to be around this, and but I'm not going to change it, you know, and are secure in what they're doing. And that's great. And then there are people who are like, is he going to want me to change because he did it? but I don't want to do that yet, or I'm not ready to do that, or, you know, haven't even started to confront those things themselves. And it, you know, so I guess what I'm getting to is like, so much of that is about, is not about us and what we're doing. It's about that other person's reaction to the situation and how they process it. And it's, it is surprising. It's surprising when, you know, you didn't realize that you were, you know, like I, I think about some friendships where I was, I like to describe it as like eating buddies with people. And, when we lost that commonality, there wasn't anything else kind of holding that together. And it's, it's, it's not a bad thing in the end. It's about realizing that our lives take us to different places. Absolutely. And some of the, and some, also some of the people that I, you know, I cut out were for reasons, um, you know, and, you know, I was in a really abusive friend group in college. Um, and, you know, part of, part of the reason why I sometimes have a lot of walls built up and, you know, I drank, you know, I, that's when I was, that's when I was drinking the most. I, I remember at one point I was able to drink about a uh, 24 rack of bush in a night, um, which is like horrible to think about now. Um, you know, then I just go to class the next day. I, you know, almost went out of school at one point because my grades were that bad because of drinking. Um, you know, I did it to impress the cool kids and didn't bear well for me. <laughs> Understood, man. So you've con- you you've been working on a lot of changes and challenges, and what are the things that are at the forefront for you right now? Like, what are the biggest challenges that Max is working on right now? Finding my path in life. Um, so I just graduated with my col- with my bachelor's of science in anthrozoology. Um, you know, at the time when I was in school, you know, I thought I wanted to work in environmental education, work with animals, work with people, and that kind of realm. But, you know once I started going through weight loss and kind of exploring myself and exploring my interests and hobbies and whatever, I kind of discovered that, man, I really like doing graphic design. I really like art stuff. And I realized, and I also realized that I can make a lot more money doing graphic design and, you know, that kind of stuff overworking at a zoo. And, you know, and I'm happy. Like when I, when I sit down and do my art stuff, man, I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm I put on my headphones. Um, I also I have a medical marijuana card here in Florida because of my anxiety, um, and 
So I usually do that and I just draw. I'll, I'll, you know, work on a Photoshop project or something like that. And um, I'm actually in the process of getting a streetwear company up and running with some friends. So, yeah. So um, we're actually like huge Power Ranger fans and like huge of that, of that genre from Japan, Tokusatsu. So everyone, you know, the biggest thing in the thrift, mar- thrift scene right now is, the, you know, the vintage Marvel stuff in the 90s. So we kind of wanted to take that kind of concept and make that into like, the tokusatsu genre with the godzilla and ultraman and stuff like that and that's something i'm really passionate about um i actually just launched a podcast called the mighty motion podcast um we just put out our first episode well i just put out the first episode uh thursday actually um i'll actually send you the link but um so that power rangers and that kind of genre stuff is really 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 important to me um so yeah so I'm definitely looking for something to do with that kind of thing. And just, you know, finding my life path is kind of what I'm focused on right now. I'm working at a doggy daycare, um, you know, 10, 15 hour, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, for what I'm, for where I'm at right now, but it's not something I want to do forever. Um, you know, so. Which is, is, I think is a lifelong struggle for almost anyone. There's probably people listening and they're like, you know, or I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm how many years older than you? And I'm like, yeah, working on life plan is, is. Something that goes on forever, but finding things that you're passionate about is important. Like, and I, and I think people miss that when they think about a weight loss and health transformation. Like, finding something to be passionate about that passionate about that isn't food can be really significant. Like, finding something where you're able to put energy and be able to ex- take. I don't want to just keep saying the word energy, but take that part of you that might have gone to a different place before and focus it on something that is bringing you closer to something that you enjoy, something that you're passionate about, something that get, that stokes that fire inside can really be helpful. You know, I've seen people start become writers and podcasting and, you know, I've got clients that I work with who use music as a stress relief, like playing music and it's something they moved away from. And like, I think it's reconnecting with, with those parts of you that are passionate helps you in other areas like it's not just about one thing it's not just about changing the plate it's not just about exercise it's about seeing this as a an overall a whole being a holistic approach to yeah. the transformation you're making in your life yeah and you know and i've been i don't even know how long i've been following you for um i think i actually found you through coach john on the keto road um you got actually like um i you know I was really at one point considering wanting to go kind of do the lifestyle coaching like you guys do. Um, because you know, there's, you know, there's so many, I see so many people on like TikTok and in so, social media in general that are like, you know, pi- you know, picture perfect ab picture perfect, perfect biceps and are, you know, doing lifestyle coaching, whatever. But I think it, for, I think, you know, if I were to do it, I just want to, you know, want people to know that like, I've been there. I've struggled every day of my life to get where I'm to now. And, you know, both of you guys are actually like huge inspirations for me. Like I, so I, something I'm exploring also is the kind of the coaching aspect as well, because I get so many questions on a daily from, from friends and just even people on Facebook, just like, how did you do it? Um, so that's something I'm, you know, kind of considering as well. Nice. I think it's something yeah. that, you know, when people find that they have an ability to share, turn that experience they've been through into something to help others. There's a, there's, it's, that's a gift to yourself in a lot of ways. So it can be a powerful thing. 
Yeah, no, I, um, you know, when, and when people ask me like, how to you lose the weight, and it's like, you know, I did keto, and they're like, oh, 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 keto, you know, that's so bad for you, blah, blah, blah. And, but I'm like, the way you're hearing about keto is not the right way you're doing keto. Like the right way, you know, I've, it's not the way I've been doing keto. Like you must be like doing like going to McDonald's and ordering a Big Mac without the bun and in, in ordering a side of fries. Like that's not how keto works. And, you know, I always explain to people the biggest thing for, from when, I, since I, when I've been doing keto is eating clean, making sure your diet is clean. You know, I, I am sticking, you know, grass fed meats and dairies, um, you know, nitrate-free pork products, um, you know, all that stuff is, you know, if you're losing weight, you know, you want to be eating good. And that's also why I like keto because, you know, there's, you know, after a while on keto and you're, once you start cooking and being able to cook yourself and learning all this stuff, you don't want to go back to processed white bread. You don't want to go back to eating like chipotle burritos and whatever. There's so much other good stuff you can get out of while eating while on a ketogenic diet. And I think that's what pe- people just think. It's like, oh, you're eating crap all the time. Like, no, it's really not that. It's actually really fun. Mm-hmm. And let's let's talk keto for a minute because I think, you know, obviously that's something we, we have in common. But, uh, you know, as you're someone who's kind of on the ground doing keto on social media, like, what do you think are the biggest trends you're seeing, you know, people talk about in the social media space when it comes to keto lately? Like anything that jumps out at you or things that people are doing, you know, that kind of fun stuff. So I definitely am really liking the, you know, the carnivore crisps that you, that I see you post all the time. I still haven't ordered one. I need to, I need to order stuff. Um, I, I'm a sucker for those, that kind of stuff. Um, but I like, I love seeing that stuff because, you know, there's so many, so much stuff out there, like so much garbage snacks. And it's like, like, in you know, and people, I think the, biggest thing I'm seeing right now is the concept of eating clean and eating whole foods. Um, that's kind of, you know, where I started, you know, since when I started watching Tommy DeLauer and Bobby Parrish, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, you have city. Um, my mom's like Bobby, Bobby Parrish is like biggest fan. She watches every single one of his live streams. Um, but you know, I think that concept of eating clean and eating good, is you know I see the P, I see the biggest thing I'm seeing right now with people trying to lose weight is that they're just eating chicken and rice, bland chicken and rice, and they're in and, and and it's like every day, and it's like you know I've done that. It sucks. It really sucks because it's not enjoyable. It's like you eat that, then you're like I'm still hungry. I want to go to McDonald's and go get a go get a like the most unhealthy thing on the menu, and it's like you wonder like and this is why like people aren't like not losing weight and if they like when they put it into it it's because like they're not eating good and they're not you know not leaving the table satisfied and full um so i think that's like the biggest thing i'm seeing with keto right now understood and i think it's the best thing in all of that is like finding what works for you you know and and it's great to find it and fine-tune it and it's something that changes and evolves all the time and that's awesome yeah. And I tell people when people ask me about keto, I'm like, listen, it's not for everyone. You know, you know, what, what might work for me might work for what might not work for someone else, you know? So it's really, again, it's all based on your, on your individual self and what, what you think works best for you. You can't just join, you can't, you know, just because I lost 120 pounds doesn't mean you, you might like, you know, it's, it's all about your individual self and how your body, body works too. No, for sure. So Max, kind of going, you, you've taken us kind of through the journey that you've been on. Like, 
I, I as we kind of draw towards the end of talking about it, like I'm curious, like what do you think are the biggest lessons you've learned on this journey so far? Um, man, that I'm a strong person. You know, I'm a really strong person, and I, you know, it's taken me God knows how long to be able to say that. But I'm a really strong person. Um, you know, I have friends and family that love me. Um, and that, you know, I have good things coming for me and that I know I'm capable of putting in work into anything I want to do because I lost 120 pounds. If I can do, if I can lose 120 pounds, I can do anything else I want. And I have to remind myself about that on the daily. I think those are some really powerful lessons and not just powerful lessons, but I like the way that you, you know, it sounds like that in a lot of ways, like it's discovering some really awesome things about yourself and you know, working on that process of self-love and being able to say, you know, not just I face, not defining your life based on the challenges that you face, but on your ability, you know, on that strength. Yeah. And, uh, the big, one of the, my biggest influences has been comic books and power Rangers and whatever. Um, you know, there's a quote, you know, the, one of the biggest themes from one of my favorite seasons is that you, you know, destiny is not set in stone you can only control your own destiny and that's something i always keep in the back of my head when i you know every day just that you know i'll only only i have control over my future no one else you know you know if i if i want to be 200 pounds and muscular and jack i can do it i have control over myself no one else does i like it man i like that a lot thank you so max if people are hyped up by hearing about your adventures and want to see more about these these new things that you're doing, including your podcast and when you're getting that company going, where do they find you and follow you? So, yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram. That's where I post a lot of my weight loss stuff. Um, so you can follow me out, out on Instagram at the underscore incredible underscore max. Um, and I post, I try to post as much as I can on there. I usually post like, you know, uh, gym picture, whatever, you know, progress picture, um, at least one, twice a month. Uh, and in between, I always post something art related or whatever. Um, I have to make a start making a separate page for my podcast, but I still haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> but so that's kind of where, yes, the, follow me on Instagram at the incredible max. Um, I, if you guys have any questions, DM me, I love answering questions. I love talking to people. So I'm literally an open book. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put not just a link to your Instagram profile, but to your podcast in the show notes today. So if anyone Perfect. wants to hear some more about that side of, of Max, you know, they'll be able to dive into that as well. I think that'll be awesome. So Max, I end every episode with five questions. I call the fat guy five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Let's run the gauntlet, baby. Okay. So here we go. Question number one, Max, tell us living or dead. Who is your favorite fat guy? Chris Farley. There we go. Do you have a favorite Chris Farley moment? Uh, just the whole Beverly Hills Ninja. Mm. One of my favorite movies as a kid. Nice. There we go. Max, question number two. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? That, man, that, that's a really tough question. Um, you spend a lot of money on clothes. Mm. More money than you should, more money than you should ever spend. <laughs> Understood for sure. It's it's wild when you're not buying clothes in those arenas anymore. When you realize what that actually looks like. 
Oh, when I when I first hit uh, extra large and two uh, XL in shirt size, I uh, went online and bought on Depop and bought like a bunch of starter jackets. I spent a lot of money more than I ever should have. Um, but for like a week straight, I was just getting nothing but packages mm. and. I, I went on a little spending tangent because I was so excited. Understood. Not I don't do that anymore, mm. but Depop is a dangerous zone, man. Understood, man. Question number three, Max. If someone out there wants to get their journey started today, what is one concrete thing they can do? Go outside and go for a walk. Put your headphones in and go for a walk. Walk a mile. If you have a gas station near your house, go for a walk to the gas station and go go. Go get something to drink. Go get a water. Mm-hmm. You know, go walk. You know, you don't, or you, you don't even have to get anything at the gas station. You know, or you, or you can get a bag of beef jerky, whatever. But just go for a walk. I like and it. That, and then, and then, you know, when you go for a walk, you know, that starts going and developing interest in going to the gym. Then, you know, you start going to the gym for half an hour. Then you start going for an hour. Then an hour and a half. You know, and one day a week becomes five days a week, and it just all becomes fluid after a while. Mm-hmm. You got to start somewhere, though. You have to start somewhere. So that's, that's Always. great advice. Max, question number four. You've given us a couple examples of this one already, I think. But tell us, what is one thing about yourself that you love? My passion. I think I'm a fairly passionate person about the things I'm, I love. Um, you know, I'm passionate about my friends. I'm like all my friends' biggest hype person. I will hype up anything any of my friends ever do even if it's the most minute thing. Um, so I, I think like definitely my love and passion for everything. <laughs> and question number five, Max, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, man, clear off my $35,000 student debt. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I think a lot of people can relate to that. That and also, well, that's a health and fitness related thing. So, but yeah, clearing off my student debt first. There you go. Is the most important thing. That's an awesome one. Well, Max, I want to say a big thank you for coming on and opening up to the show today and sharing your journey with everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope this helps someone. I hope, you know, this, you know, is the, is the, is the spark that ignites someone's weight loss journey and, you know, helps them make a life changing moment. There we go, man. And like I said, everyone, I'm going to have the way for you to reach Max in the show notes. So make sure you connect to him. If you want to connect with me, you can always find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Or if you want to talk to me about coaching programs and opportunities, you can go to theketoroad.com. So thank you, everybody, for once again joining us here on the Fat Guy Forum. Go outside. Do something today to amaze yourself. It doesn't even have to be outside. It could be raining where you're at. Just do something to amaze yourself today because you are the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us again here on the Fat Guy Forum.